Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast here today, our Thursday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Here is the Duke team gets set for a game coming up on Saturday versus Louisville. On today's program, excited to chat with Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer, the Durham Herald Sun. Does a great job every time he comes on the show with us. I'm smarter after talking with Steve, and I'm hoping that that's going to be the case once again here today. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Make sure you subscribe and follow our uh, podcast wherever you get your podcasts for all the latest news regarding Duke athletics. All right, so let's welcome in Steve Wiseman here today to the program. Steve, how are you? Doing great, JJ. Um, Duke's got a busy schedule here. A lot of games coming up all packed together now since had to add a couple in from the postponements. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, good time to talk basketball. For sure. And so the last time we talked, we were in the heart of a a football coaching search, Steve. We were uh, definitely in basketball season. We were recapping some big wins that they had at the start of the year. But that was the middle of December before we even got into ACC play, before Duke men's basketball went through a COVID pause and that sort of thing. So a big picture, and then again, we'll get deeper and deeper into the discussion. Eight games into conference play, what's the pulse right now of the Duke basketball team? Yeah, you know, they're really still searching for uh, their full speed again, frankly. Um, uh, uh, As you saw, we're taping this uh, last night, Duke – edged Clemson by two points at home, which is a lot closer game than a lot of people thought it was going to be, obviously. Uh, but that kind of tells you what, what we're dealing with here. I mean, Trevor Keels is hurt. We'll get into that a little bit uh, later. But um, uh, they just – they're not back up to the level of play they were showing before they went through the COVID pause. And they've, they've tested it in certain stretches of games, but they really haven't been, uh, you know, as good as – like the first half against Gonzaga, I think, is probably – as good as Duke can play, right? I mean, for a whole half. Uh, you go back to that uh, around yeah. Thanksgiving time. And then they, they played pretty well against Virginia Tech uh, in the second half to pull away and win that game. So that was a pretty good half of basketball. But but really, you know, they had to not only um, miss a couple of games there, but they didn't practice for like, you know, nine or ten days. They couldn't get everybody, you know, guys were isolating in hotel rooms, stuff like that. So they really kind of have to get their legs back and they're starting to get them back. I mean, they've played a few games now, so it's getting there. But um, it's just taking a little bit for them to ramp back up and get back to where they were. Championships certainly aren't won this time of season. you got to be able to get it done in March and April, but you could sort of forecast what it may look like and that sort of thing. Uh, with this Duke basketball program, they've already been ranked number one in the entire country this season. We did mention some of the signature wins that they've got. It's still a league, though, Steve, that you look at the ACC, and yet another week, here we are again, that Duke is the only team ranked in the top 25 by AP voters. Is this fair? Is the ACC being disrespected at all? What, what's, your, what's your take on all that? Well, I, I think it's being disrespected in that the, the brand names are, are down, right? right? Uh, Duke excluded. Sure. Um, Carolina, Virginia, Syracuse uh, are all not what they traditionally have been, right. particularly – I mean, Syracuse and Virginia more so than Carolina. Carolina still is on the cusp of the top 25, but, but, uh, and they're going to be a tournament team, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, uh, but normally you're talking about those teams all being 
top 10, right? I mean, uh, especially lately Virginia, and they're not. But so Florida State is, is one of the, they call themselves a new blood, and that's what they are. They've come out of nowhere. They've won right. a couple of league championships. Miami, uh, not much was expected of these teams that started the year. Wake Forest, another one. And so uh, they had some some uh, unsightly off uh, non-conference losses, let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of hurt them in the in the metrics and all that stuff. But they're playing really good basketball right now. I mean, Wake Forest is playing, you know, they where they rank here a lot off the court and Winston the other night tells you they're playing really good basketball. And it just it takes it takes people a little bit to to kind of realize, okay, I mean that's not Syracuse, but that Wake Forest team is pretty good. You know, Miami's lost a couple of games to Florida State. But other than that, they've they've beaten everybody else in the ACC play, you know, fairly well. So and both those Florida State games were were tight games. So uh anyway, I think eventually those teams are gonna kind of work their way up. And maybe get into the rankings pretty soon here. But right now, yeah, Duke's the, the, the flag bearer for the conference. And so Duke has two losses in the conference right now, both games, uh, one against Florida State, one against Miami. And they played another close game, as you said, when we're recording this last night, versus Clemson. The two games uh, prior did not go in the Blue Devils' favor, but this one last night did, able to win down the stretch and knock off Clemson, when you look at the season so far for Duke and that sort of thing, what are the takeaways, if any, that they have been tested a little bit at this point in the season? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I have to say that the way they won against Clemson last night was they put the ball in Paulo Bancaro's hands in the last two minutes. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah, and, and that's, you know, that sounds like a knock on Wendell. I don't, Wendell Moore, I don't mean it that way. He's a good player. He's not Paulo Bencaro. Right. And that's okay. Right. So, um, you know, the, the end of the Miami game, the end of the Florida State game, Wendell took shots and they didn't work out. Right. For one reason or another. Uh, Bencaro is going to be a top five NBA pick, probably the ACC player of the year. I just think, and this, others have said this, it's not unique to me. You die with your fastball, right? <laughs> you yeah. throw your best shot. And so um, I think he is by what he accomplished against Clemson last night uh, kind of shows that he, he wants the ball in those situations. Coach K designed the set for him to get the ball in that situation. And so he's ready to kind of take on that role as, okay, I'm the alpha here. I'm going to, I'm going to make the big plays when they need to be made. And he's done it at other times this year, right? Just not at the end of the game. So um, I think that was, that was something we should really focus on going forward that, uh, that Duke can build off that. You'll die with the fastball. You gave me a cliche, so I'll counter with one for you, and I'll say that the third time is the charm, right? Because versus Florida State and Miami, you can't get the ball to Paulo. Wendell had a couple of missed shots. Trevor Keels in that Florida State game took two of the final three shots uh, in that loss. And so the third time, they're like, you know what? Let's find a way to get it to Paulo. (laughs) A really good entry pass from Jeremy Roach to set it up and uh, able to kind of ice it home and that sort of thing. And Uh, Speaking of which, coming up in just a moment, I do want to talk more about Jeremy Roach because he's definitely had to step his game up in the absence of Trevor Keels. You're listening to Locked On Blue Devils here, and I want to tell you about our friends over at NetSuite. This is it. It's the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. On your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Head to netsuite.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D, 
netsuite.com slash locked for special financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Back here on Lockdown Blue Devils, hanging out with Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer. All right, so this Duke team, eight games into ACC play. No Trevor Keels right now for this stretch. You have A.J. Griffin step into his new role, which takes Jeremy Roach out of the starting lineup, a change that Duke made, I believe, in the Wake Forest game on the road with Shire filling in. It's the first time we saw that take place. And uh, Jeremy Roach was the guy kind of poached from that lineup and removed from there. What did you make of that and his play throughout the season and then really lead us up to where we're at with his excellent performances these past two games? Yeah, um, you know, the main reason for the move was not necessarily to demote Jeremy, I guess, right. more is that they wanted to get a little bigger. A.J. Griffin had come on. Uh, he's a better offensive player. He's a best shooter, right? So you kind of want to give him get him a, a regular role and make him not a sixth man, but he's a starting player now. So that was that point. But uh, – but yeah, but it also happened, you know, coming off the loss to Miami. And if you remember in that game, when Duke was up 74 to 71, uh, there was a timeout. Miami had the ball. Coach K says, no fouls, no threes, right? Charlie Moore drives down the lane, makes that wild shot. Jeremy Roach fouled him, right? So um, maybe that played a role in it or not, but I know they didn't sit well, obviously, with the coaching staff. And, and Jeremy knows that was a mistake, right? So he's not going to. Kind of hide from that. So anyway, the next game, they're like, okay, we're going to make this change. We lost this game. Adrian Griffin's going to start. Jeremy Rose still came off the bench and played, you know, 19 minutes, one game, 23 another. But but what he's done is, um, I think the last four games now since this change happened, or five, 139 minutes of play and three turnovers, which is just impressive basketball, right, for somebody who handles the ball quite a bit. And so he's, he's taken this and, and not – not pouted, not taking it as a as a shot on him, and he knows his role. And now Trevor Keels obviously got hurt against Florida State. Roach has to go back in the starting lineup. Now he's the point guard. He's the facilitator. Said nine assists Duke's last two games here. Uh, that that Keels hasn't been in uniform, and uh, he's really an important part of this team. Whether he's a starter or a six man doesn't really matter. He's going to get minutes. He's going to get you know upwards of twenty minutes a game. And he's going to impact things. And against Clemson, to keep referring to the most recent game here, he played all 40 minutes in that game. Yeah, That's the first time that you've seen somebody do that, uh, that he had to play all 40 minutes in a game. And nine assists, one turnover. It's pretty good. You know, you'll absolutely take that. As you said, the first time in, in Jeremy's career that he played all 40 games. Uh, and, and to talk about the season so far, I'd kind of forgotten about that play versus Miami that sort of put Duke in that position. Weird play because it almost felt like Jeremy was slipping a little bit on the floor and his body was falling backwards. As you said, Charlie Moore just kind of flipped it up towards the rim. And uh, we know what happens after that, the offensive rebound and that sort of thing. And in a situation like that, I can't imagine playing for a brand like Duke basketball being players that are, quite frankly, scrutinized a good bit, knowing the four letters that are across their chest and knowing Jeremy Roach is it the caliber of player that some of his teammates are out there on the floor? You really could have been really down by how some of that sequence went and sort of the aftermath of all of that, but it does not seem like that's been the case at all. And I know that you're a part of every single press conference and every single time Mike Krzyzewski speaks, and it really does seem like he always wants to credit what Jeremy Roach has been able to bring just mentally and everything with that. Yeah, and especially when um, I'm thinking back to Saturday's game against Syracuse when Duke won handily. Yeah. Jeremy didn't shoot very well in that game. Right. Right. 
And uh, he still had the nine assists and a turnover again, so that's his thing. But uh, Coach K made a point to say that, that a lot of times, especially somebody, you know, in Jeremy's situation who's coming off this kind of roller coaster, right, in the lineup, out of the lineup, you know, what's your role? And he's, and he's not shooting well, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, uh, it doesn't impact other parts of his game uh, negatively. He, right. he kept playing well, handling the ball, playing defense. And then even against Clemson again last night, he made a couple shots, you know, in the last five minutes there. He made a three-pointer and a jump shot in the lane. Uh, and, he again, he hadn't had a very good uh, shooting night uh, that night either, but when it came down to it, he made those shots. So he seems to be mentally strong, and I think, you know, it factors in there that what he went through last year, right, with Duke's team, you know, was an un, unusual season for Duke right. basketball uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, he was part of that, but he's been through this experience, even though it wasn't in front of fans and all that kind of stuff. But he, he went through the grind of, of playing with the D-U-K-E on your, on your shirt and, and what that means. So Duke now has won 20 consecutive games versus Clemson inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. The Blue Devils have also won two straight games, both games being played without number one out there, without Trevor Keels. Kind of walk us through or or, or tell us a little bit, Steve, about what you're hearing, what you're seeing before the game and that sort of thing uh, from Trevor Keels and and what a return might look like for him. Yeah, I think he's I think he's getting pretty close. I say probably this weekend. I, I don't know about the Louisville game on Saturday. Maybe uh, after that, they play Notre Dame on Monday and then Carolina on the following week. I would think for sure by the Carolina game, we'll see right. him back out playing. Maybe even before that, to try to get him into a game before a big game. So, um, you know, he's moving around. I mean, when the injury occurred in Tallahassee, it looked really bad, right? We all saw Coach K and, and Jose right. Fonseca, the trainer out there on the court with him, and he was in a lot of discomfort. Teammates came out there, a walk-on. Um, Michael Severino is one of them, right? And Ken Worthington helping him up, helping him walk off the court. Right. Um, and then, but he was able to walk when he got to the bench a little bit. I watched that. And then when they left the arena that night, he was walking under his own power on the plane. You know, that was a good sign to everybody that, okay, he's, yeah, this isn't like a knee, a torn right. ligament or something. We didn't know what it was. But so the fact that he was moving there pretty good. And um, when he's been seen in, in, you know, at both these games in, in street clothes, he hasn't been wearing a boot or crutches or anything like that. Uh, and then last night prior to the game against Clemson, he was out there, you know, in kind of sweatpants and kind of sweatshirt, taking some shots, you know, uh, very being ginger, ginger on his right leg. Right. Wasn't uh, landing on at full speed or anything, but he'd jump off his left foot and kind of shoot a little bit like that. So anyway, I think he's, He's going through the rehab process. It doesn't look like something that's going to be like, you know, deep into February before he's back. I think we can expect him pretty soon here. And that's important. Duke needs him. They need his ball handling. They need his uh, one-on-one perimeter defense. And uh, a little bit of shooting wouldn't hurt either. Well, tell me a little bit about that. Let's talk about the defensive effort for the Duke team. I do want to spend a good bit of time on that. It's been pointed out uh, that, that prior to the COVID pause for the Duke team with two games being postponed, they were – able to be way more aggressive playing team defense and forcing way more turnovers than they have uh, since they've come back into play. And you mentioned getting back up to speed, and so many times we look at, okay, what does that mean offensively? And rightfully so, because the Duke turnovers themselves are very glaring and uncharacteristic, so to speak. But what's not as often addressed, and I want to hear from you, it does feel like as a team the defense has sort of taken a step back as well. How do they fix that? Yeah, it's like they're kind of a step slow on defense, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're not right. 
quite getting in the passing lane like they were before, maybe. And, you know, Wendell Moore is one of their better perimeter defenders as well. And he was hit pretty hard by COVID. I mean, he was sick and, and um, he's struggled to come back. Uh, uh, he, he look at his stats. He hasn't played as well since the break as he did before the break on offense and everything. So, right. you know, it's impacting on defense too. And I know also in the Clemson game, he was, he said cramping hit him in the second half there down the stretch. And, and so, Again, that plays a role in defense also, right? I mean, you're, again, being a step slow, not able to do all you want to do, and they're kind of working back into that. But also when you don't practice or play a game together for nine or ten days, some of that cohesion atrophies, right? Some of that strength you had and and the communication and, you know, people calling out, you know, screens and whatever. I mean, that that's a routine you get in, and if you get out of it, you have to get back into it again. So. Uh, I believe that 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 level of defense we saw in November and December is still in there. I really do. And I think that that's going to end up being kind of a make or break thing for this team. Because I know they can score. We know Ben Carroll can do a lot of things, but they've got to be able to get stops when they need them. And if you think about the Florida State and Miami losses, and even Ohio State, if you go back to that game, Duke had leads in the second half late. Right. Let them get away uncharacteristically. So that, that reflects on the defense. All right. We're talking about Duke basketball. And coming up in just a moment, I want to talk a little bit more about the offensive uh, play for the Duke Blue Devils and start to wrap up today's show with Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code Locked On to get started. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, Duke fans, this is JJ Jackson with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. I'm talking about Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use your promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE on the free app, GetUpside. Locked on Blue Devils hanging out with Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer. Also uh, one of the hosts for the Believe in Duke podcast alongside Sheldon Williams. Of course, the landlord. We spent a good bit a moment ago talking a lot about the defense. That's someone who knows defense very well, reflecting yeah. back on his Duke career, being Sheldon Williams. Uh, do this at the end of the show, typically, but I want to do it right now. I want you to tell me once again, Steve, a little bit about that podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that, JJ. Yeah, uh, I believe in Duke podcast. Um, Sheldon Williams, the, the former you know Duke All American, his numbers up in the Jer- as Raptors, right at uh, at Cameron uh, NBA. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, he's, he's my co-host. We, we, we share that, that podcast together talking, uh, you know, he, he still stays in touch with uh, a lot of people inside the Duke program. Um, I'm, I'm at every game. So I think we give people a full look of, uh, of what's going on with the team inside and out. And, uh, yeah, appreciate that. You can find it on Spotify or uh, Apple or whatever, wherever you get them. Yeah. Wherever you get them. Just like you're just like this. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Wherever you Check get them, out. you can find it. 
Support Believe in Duke. Support the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. Leave us five-star ratings and reviews. That helps the algorithm and everything that goes with it. So uh, it'd mean a whole lot to us. All right, let's talk about this uh, offense for Duke. And I want to talk about the assertion of Trevor Keels back into uh, uh, the lineup for Duke because uh, it'd be a positive for Duke. Don't get me wrong when that happens. As you said, what he brings as a primary defender and that sort of thing. And for that reason, I do feel like because of his defensive effort and because of what he can do defensively, that's warranted a lot of the minutes that have sort of added up for Trevor Keels. But with that, as we've discussed, it feels like there can be a little uneven balance when it comes to efficiency and shot selection on the other end for Trevor Keels. Is that a fair assessment or am I being too harsh on his play? No, I definitely think it is. I mean, and and also – it probably hurts him that his first game of the year against Kentucky, he was lights out shooting. <laughs> and uh, we saw him, you know, shoot fairly well against Gonzaga and some other games. And, and uh, so he kind of set that bar kind of high. Sure. And he, he hasn't been shooting like that lately. And so maybe as he's, maybe he's you know, spending his energy on defense and that's what they wanted to do. That's fine. But um, yeah, uh, teams are going to, going to leave him open probably when, when he gets back in, in there, because they're going to, you know, focus on Griffin and Bancaro and, and Wendell and, and more. And, uh, and that'll be one of the way it'll be until he starts making shots. But, um, you know, we saw Duke play at a very high level in those earlier games yeah. when he was playing that way. So he's part of that, that formula that gets them to a level where they can compete for a national championship. And I don't know that the, the, I don't know that frustration is necessarily the right word. Maybe it is, but you talk about knowing that you can do it right on the biggest stages this Duke basketball team has gotten it done already this season with so many new faces and that sort of thing. And at the end of the day, like we said at the, the beginning of a conversation today, Steve, whoever wins in March, that's the only thing that matters. That's really the only thing we're going to remember and reflect on in the years to come and that sort of thing. And uh, there's got to be some level of confidence that comes along with that. And while it might be frustration that's currently setting in for a lot of people, you're still winning at the end of the day, as Al Davis famously said, just win, baby which is what they've been able to do for the most part. And Coach Kane referenced, not that specifically, but that, that idea last night uh, after the Clemson game when he said, you know, we're not a perfect team, but there aren't many perfect teams out there, but we're winning, you know, and we're, and we're getting better and, uh, and we're going along through this process. Um, and I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times um, since the losses this month to Florida State and Miami. If you remember the 2015 championship team, they lost to NC State and Miami and Notre Dame in January that year, right? They only lost four games total. So, um, it, you know, I remember back at that time thinking, whoa, is this team going sideways? Uh, all that stuff. And they ended up, you know, in a pretty good place. So losses in January don't kill you. <laughs> it's not going to, not the end of the world, but I mean, that doesn't mean you should overlook and say, oh, it's no big, pro- it's no problem. It is, there are things they're working on, but, uh, but they've been right there. You know, they haven't, obviously the, all three losses are combined, what, five, Right. Two and one. So, you know, eight points, three losses. They're 16 and three right now. They're doing pretty well. They are doing pretty well. That's for sure. It's a, a Duke team that's won two straight, as we said, uh, knocked down 14 three pointers from the outside versus Syracuse, and then was able to win a close game uh, versus Clemson earlier in the week. Louisville up next. We know everything going on right now uh, is chaotic there with uh, the opponent that Duke will be playing on Saturday. So, not so much Louisville specific, but what I do want to address before we get out of here. Trevor Keels hasn't played, as we've said, the past two games, which makes your bench shorter. And the bench is obviously something that every team wants to feel confident in as they continue throughout the season. 
Where are we at regarding this Duke bench? An excellent performance last night from several guys to highlight and that sort of thing. But to, what do you make of the, the guys coming off the bench? Yeah, uh, Joey Baker, you know, really played well against Clemson. He's, he's had moments this year. And Joey can do that. Point he, games. Yeah, he can hit a three-pointer here and there. And, 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 and um, you know, his, his problem is always on defense. He's not a great defensive player. So teams can exploit that if you, you play him too many minutes. But – but yeah, he's he's what you need. He's a senior coming off the bench. He's been in games, and and, and um, Coach K mentioned again uh, after the Clemson game that he really uh, commend, uh, commended uh, Joey Baker for his talk and his his leadership, being a co-captain. And you know, during practices like since Trevor's been out, and during during games when he's getting more minutes, that really helps Duke. Um, I'd like to see Theo John produce a little more when he's in there. Right. Uh, he will look stronger earlier in the year. And I don't know if it's from the COVID break or whatever, but he hasn't been as strong with the ball as he was. He hasn't been able to get some of those shots in there when he's in for, for Mark Williams. They get a lot of strong play out of Mark Williams, but he can't play 35, 40 minutes. So they really need Theo John to be a little more productive when he's in there. Uh, that would really help that bench. We'll see if they're able to do that as they get set to take on Louisville again coming up on Saturday been uh, absolutely pleased and honored to have been joined by Steve Wiseman here today again from the Raleigh News and Observer and the Believe in Duke podcast. He jumped into the podcast podcast space with me here and he's doing a great job with that show. I am nowhere near the journalist that don't have the, as long of a career as Steve does. I'm not a master of the keyboard as he's become with the stories he's cranking out, but Duke needed big plays late against Clemson. Paula Bancaro delivered for the Blue Devils. Check it out right now at the Raleigh News and Observer. And why don't you plug your work over there as well, Steve? Yeah, thanks, JJ. Yeah, um, you know, newsobserver.com is our website. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Wiseman, NC. That's Steve, W-I-S-E-M-A-N-N-C. Uh, I'll be traveling this weekend to Louisville and, and uh, Notre Dame, kind of an old school uh, NBA two-game two road trip, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we get too many of those in college basketball. But uh, yeah, I got to throw that extra game in there because it got rescheduled. And then obviously... The Carolina game's coming up after that, and we're going to have plenty of coverage of Coach K's last trip to the Smith Center to coach against the Tar Heels. I can't wait to continue to follow your coverage over this next stretch and that sort of thing, and it's certainly going to be following from afar the travels that you have ahead of you. If folks in our country, Steve, ever struggle for conversation with a stranger or anything like that, it feels like oftentimes you immediately jump to the weather and I know that that was something that was uh, definitely interesting at Cameron last week with uh, some wintry mix that came to the Durham area. And now you're going further north for a couple of days, yes. Steve. I'm going <laughs> to go to South Bend in uh, late January. It's always <laughs> always fun. Um, but, hey, that's that's what we do. That's, it. that's our new far-flung Atlantic Coast Conference. <laughs> yeah, we don't exactly. have to worry about that. And then, of course, Duke goes to Syracuse later next month. So Lake Effect Snow, it's all about it. Man. We're going to have some. <laughs> Steve, thanks for the time today. All right, JJ, thank you. That is Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer joining us here today on Lockdown Blue. That was awesome stuff, and I'm serious. I love following him on Twitter and his work. That podcast is really fun to listen to. Thank you again for listening to Lockdown Blue Devils here today, back tomorrow with a Friday show to get you set for Duke in Louisville. For Steve Wiseman, I'm JJ Jackson. Thanks for listening. Thank you, and good day.